Good afternoon, good evening, and whichever time zone that you're in, I am your host, Robert Jackson, and you're watching the Stacious Grid Studios podcast. And without much further ado, it's time to let the lovely special guests introduce um, themselves as we're going to be talking for quite a bit today. So um, if you can state your name and your occupations, what do you do, what do you like to do, and yeah, just some fun facts about yourself, all of that good jazz. So passing it alongside to you. Okay, um... So I'm Tara St. Michael. I'm a voice actor and singer, although I've been more active on the music side lately. And I do a lot of anime-related covers, um, game-related covers on my YouTube channel as a singer, and I also do some original songs. Oh, wait, was that it? So, uh, what was that? I said that was all. I, I guess, unless you want a little bit more, but... Well, I mean, you can go. It doesn't matter if you want. I mean, you can go ahead and list more. Uh, I think that's about it, honestly. Like, unless you wanted me to go into detail about anything. Oh yeah, um, because that's what I'm. That's the reason why I'm gonna get to the questions right now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So, so let's know a little bit more about yourself. So, what is your background like? Like, what made you like start becoming interested in wanting to? I guess give voice acting a try and singing and all of this stuff. So how can you describe your creative like background like um did you do anything prior to this or yeah, just would like to hear your story. Well singing for me has been a thing since I was a kid. I was very involved in music as a kid, but like I didn't really know which direction I was really gonna go with it back then. But um Around 2009, I discovered voice acting online because people were doing fan dubs and other projects on YouTube, and I saw that and I'm like, oh wow, I, I could do this too. I don't have to be in some fancy studio with directors and people. I can just give this a shot on my own online. And that was really cool to me. So I ended up getting a lot more into that community back then. and discovering some things including some of the musical paths that I've taken recently with um, trans lyrics for English covers and um, getting more into anime and anime music so it's been a very very long discovery path for me basically yeah so I think my next question is what is an average day consist of for you like what do you mostly do like how do you um like i guess when it comes to like um how your days usually go like what do you mostly um, do like whether it be voiceover singing school like what do you feel is mostly been consistent for you in your it, life it actually changes a lot to be honest um because there have been some semesters where I'm not in school, where I'm not taking any classes, some semesters where I'm taking a bunch of classes and just don't have time for anything. I, I should have mentioned I'm also a student, um, college student, and yeah, it just really changes depending on my workload, what I'm prioritizing at the moment. Um, some days I'll like record two songs in a day, other days it'll just be like, I have homework, I have I have midterms to study for, and I don't really have time to do a lot of things. On those days so so would you say that you started getting more into anime because you just found a mutual interest uh, with voice acting and singing for that matter mm, 
it kind of works both ways. Like, I got into anime because I'm interested in anime, but it wasn't something that I knew a lot about before getting into voice acting, before getting into a lot of things. And I've actually discovered some anime series through the music, um, which is interesting. So, like, speaking of singing, um, do you think... Do you, like, kind of consider yourself as, like, um, whoa, like, my singing voice is really good? Are you just kind of, like, a little, um, well, somewhere, like, um, decent, neutral about it? Or kind of, well, I wouldn't want to say bad, but just really, um, meh-ish, so to speak? Honestly, it's hard to know with your own voice half the time, too, because... You could be a great singer, and then you listen to yourself back, and it's just like, I don't really want to listen to this kind of thing, but it's because it's you. Um, for me, it's been basically a process of getting used to my own voice, and I'd say I'm, I'm happy with how I sing now. It's just, it wasn't always that way, the way I perceive it. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah, so if you don't mind me asking, what have been, what are mostly songs or like bands, like music that you usually listen to and what are some of your favorite songs that you like to sing? Um, there's a lot actually. Um, I listen to, again, a lot of anime music. So there's a few uh, J-pop bands and singers that I tend to listen to a lot. Um, mainly I've been listening to... Um, idol groups like Perfume. Uh, let me just take a look at my music list because there's so many songs and I don't always remember all of them. <laughs> like what I listen to kind of depends on how I'm feeling too and like how the song relates to me. And like even with songs in Japanese, it's one of those things where it's like you can still get some meaning out of it from the way the person sings. But yeah, um... More recently on my playlist, it's been a lot of stuff by Change In My Life. Uh, the artist that did the songs for Full Moon Wosugashite, Full Moon Wosugashite, sorry. Um, perfume, I've been listening to Dream Fighter lately. And yeah, just a lot of that. Um, I also listen to other creators online like i listen to a lot of amelie's music um they wants to battle just online creators and i find a lot of inspiration from that i don't know if that really answered the question or not but well i think it kind of did but um it may vary but so far i think it's uh, good enough and you provided a at least a good enough response to my question okay yeah, so, and as far as anime goes, um, any specific favorites, like ones that really, like mainly ones that really did leave an impact on you, that really made you decide, yeah, maybe I can, like, did make you uh, have the mindset of, yeah, maybe I should do something creative, like maybe be and do something, maybe voice act in a show that I really like or something like that, what really motivated you? It wasn't so much anime that actually got me into voice acting, because the, the dubs that I found online years ago um, were actually Kingdom Hearts dubs, which is one of my favorite video games. But to direct the question back to anime, um, some anime that have really inspired me, particularly lately, have been My Hero Academia. I just rewatched part of Full Moon, which is really inspiring because I'm a singer. And that's basically the story of a girl who wants to be a singer, 
but has throat cancer, but uh, some Shinigami help her to achieve her dreams, even though she's got a short period of time to live. So. Um, right now I'm super into Sword Art Online. Because um, the new season. But, yeah. Okay, so, um, and for voice acting, like, any, so, I usually ask this to a lot of people, but any, like, you know, big, like, professional, um, voice actors who actually do work in the industry, like, um, it could be online, it could be, um, amateur, it can be, like, people who you hear in all of these shows that you watch, um, anyone who really also inspired you and you were impressed by and you, they have been big influences on how you decided to maybe get this a try yourself? Um, well, a few of them are actually my friends now <laughs> because they've been in like the right area for that kind of stuff and actually pursued professional work. So I guess I'm inspired by my friends in a way because I've seen them go from like where I was in 2009 just starting out to being in actual shows and doing something and improving and growing and that's very inspiring to me. Um, as for, like, when I first started, I don't really know if there's a lot of actors that I really saw as inspirations to me. I kind of just wanted to, like, do the thing in general and be, like, a part of that world. Just in general, so. Yeah, so, like, guess in French, like, any names that come to mind? Um... Uh... I'm not sure if I should really say, because I, like, I don't want to be like, oh, hey, my friend's such and such, but yeah. I, I guess I could list a few, maybe. Um, Erica Harlicker, she's one of my friends. We met like when we first started, like back in 2009. And like I haven't talked to her a lot in the last several years, but um, we used to talk a lot back in 2009. And I think she was really inspiring to me because at the time she was doing adventures and voice acting workshops and stuff. And this was just like, oh my gosh, I could actually turn this into a thing. And this is like, there's ways to do this. And a friend of mine is doing this. And it's so cool. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm not going to list any more names than that. I just feel weird doing that. <laughs> yeah, I can definitely relate to that. So... Yeah. I mean, I totally understand because I wouldn't want to list um, names of people. No, I mean, like, especially if you're listing names, like, people who inspired you, and then, like, then that's when you realize that they're actually people you're going to compete against in the professional business, so it's, like... It's not yeah, even so it, much that. It's more of, like, because I met people before they started doing anime, it's just, like, okay, I know people are going to be, like, oh, my gosh, you know such and such, and I'm, like, okay, it shouldn't be about that. Chill. <laughs> but, yeah. It's just weird for me, is what I'm saying. Okay. So. Next question. Um, what kinds of equipment or programs do you use to record yourself personally? And would you like to give any recommendations to those that are looking into getting a good, decent setup? Okay. So this actually kind of changes for singing and voice acting just because I'm doing different things. Um, I'll start with voice acting because that's a little bit more applicable to the conversation here. But I use Adobe Audition. I've used Audacity in the past as well, but I've recently started with uh, Adobe Audition and I find this really nice because I can just record things in there and I have all the cleanup tools that I need right inside Adobe Audition and everything and it's great. You can 
set presets and stuff so you just click a button and everything happens and I love it. Um, for singing, I actually use Logic Pro 10 to record. Um, it's a little bit more directed at music. You have like multi-tracks. I, I know Adobe Audition has multi-track too, but it, it's just more intuitive to me to be able to just um, set up a music project that way versus Adobe Audition. Um, and actually, I do some of my own mixing work too, and for that I use Reaper. I know I have so many programs, but um, Reaper I just find is a little bit more intuitive for the editing process of putting together a song or maybe even like a demo reel or something where I'm doing a lot of processing on files and adding music and effects and stuff, so. Okay. Um, should I get into like the equipment too or? Yeah. Like hardware? Sure. Um. This will probably be out of some people's price range, but um, I use a Neumann TLM-103, which is the industry standard for microphone, and I have that paired with a Claret 2 Pre by Focusrite. Um, before that, I used an AudioBox USB a couple of years ago, and the mic I'm actually speaking on right now, which is a Blue Spark, it's the original version, they've changed it since. Um, quite a bit cheaper setup. Um, both are XLR, so not USB. You kind of need the interface box to go with it. But yeah, um, one thing I've learned from moving between those two is while the Neumann has like a nice shiny sound, I can still use the Spark for a lot of purposes. I just have to be sure to EQ it properly. And it sounds just as good, honestly, on some things. So that says you basically don't have to spend a lot of money to get a super professional sound if you don't have that money or if you don't have to. Um, the Neumann was actually part gift, so I didn't spend that kind of money. <laughs> but yeah. Mm, that's nice. Okay, so out of all of the projects that you've kind of been, uh, yeah, you've been involved in that you got cast for so far, what have been some of your favorite projects, favorite characters that you voiced in, and why? And you can explain it into detail. Um, I think one of my favorite characters was actually something I was in in 2012. Um, I was in a machinima called School of Smash, and I played hmm. Peach. Um, School of Smash was Wait, basically really? this, yeah. Um, this was a sort of Harry Potter style universe where you have this school where people enroll to learn how to smash. So instead of like being becoming a wizard, you learn how to smash. And it was kind of cool because Peach is kind of like Hermione in that sense, if you compare the two. I think I actually used to watch that series, come to think of it. Yeah. I'm so sorry, but like... um. I actually didn't know it was, I'm talking to like uh, the voice actress of Princess Peach from Skull of Smash. I'm so sorry. I'm kind of like nervous. That's all right. That was That's all right. something that I used to watch years ago. And I'm just like, yeah, that name. I literally, it just never really seemed to, I never really pay much attention to like um, the cast of those videos. But yeah, it's kind of yeah. really funny. <laughs> thinking about it <laughs> now, now that i learned that print yeah, yeah you've played princess peach and the the ser those series of videos so yeah what are the odds yeah that that was really fun i don't know what happened to the project yeah me neither um 
I wish it had continued, like, yeah, not even the voice actors learned anything about that, so, um, if there was ever, like, a reboot or a continuation of it, I'd totally want to come back as Peach, but yeah, um, aside from that, I actually haven't been cast in a lot recently because I've been focusing on music, but, um, Actually, I don't know if I can talk about any of this yet, but I've got some cool stuff coming up that I'm excited for that is probably going to make my list of top stuff, so <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, I'm not going to mention anything because I don't know if I can. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Those good old NDAs. <laughs> yep. Life is a voice actor. <laughs> but anyways, speaking of NDAs, we're about to go off on a little 10-minute little documentary of why NDAs are some of voice actors speaking. I mean, they're vital and they are definitely crucial in learning how to grow as a VO. It's not like I'm going to say anything bad about them. But anyways, do you usually work for like any singing gigs or VO gigs? Do you usually work... um? Like, do you prefer to, like, um, work for paid projects, or you just mostly want to do it for fun? Um, it's a combination of both, because my time spreads so thin with music and everything. I prefer to work on paid projects, but if I'm really in love with, like, the concept of a project or something I really want to work on, um, I wouldn't turn down a free project if it was in that scenario. Um, some of the stuff I've actually worked on has been unpaid projects, so. Um, yeah. And what was your, like, what do you say would make a very good project? Like, what are some of the qualities that you could find? And, like, maybe you can go and audition for it if it sounds really promising to you. Um, for me, I look at, like, the characters, the storyline. Um, is this something that if it was, like, maybe an anime or something, would I watch it? Would I become a fan of it? Would I love fall in love with it? If it has that quality to me and it's something I want to try out for and really want to work on, I, I don't care if it's paid or not. I'll probably get an audition for it. Um. Mm, okay. Yeah. Oh, wait, were you going to continue? I'm sorry for cutting you it's off. Sorry, no. No, I was kind of just thinking there, and I'm like, nope, I'm done. Cool. All right. And, um, so, like, what was your first, like, your very first actual, like, um, singing cover or voiceover role that you've ever done that you can think of? Um, well, the first thing I was cast in was actually a fan dub of Kingdom Hearts 2 that never happened. And I was cast as, um, one of the three Final Fantasy X pixies that I was Riku, so. I, I have to clarify that because it's the one with the two Ks and not the one with the one K. It's just like, I'm not Riku, Riku, I'm Riku. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Yay, like, confusing. Um, people actually debate, people actually are arguing about that, like, does Riku have 1K or is it 2Ks? Well, it's up to you, however you want to interpret it. <laughs> but yeah, I, w I was the one that's um, originally voiced by Tara Strong, basically. Mm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I actually knew about that a while back, and I was like, um, wow, Tara Strong, she she actually plays Riku. But then again, though, Tara Strong is, has been in literally everything. Like, she's everywhere. 
video games, animations, anime. I know, I know. Oh boy. And actually, that was kind of a fun role for me because when I got cast at that as that, I was just like, "Oh, hey, I'm playing one of her characters, and like, my name's Tara." <laughs> oh, oh. And my oh. last name begins with an S. Oh my. And my middle good. name's like the same minus one N. The coincidence <laughs> like, is kind hers of. Hers is L Y N. Mine's L Y N N. Wow, the coincidence. So is like kind Tara Lynn and Tara Lynn. Yeah, it's kind of scary. The coincidence. It's kind of an inside joke right now oh insight yeah where it's just like hey. but it's <laughs> but it's amazing and also freaky that you that your initials is ts and tara strong is ts as well yeah. so <laughs> but yeah and yeah so your first project like come to think of it like getting cast in your first project that never takes off that's like one of the most frustrating experiences because um that actually happened yeah, with me. Yeah, but at the same time, like, a trailer was released, too, so I, I'm kind of satisfied with that, because my audition lines at least got to be heard. Or my audition line, rather. It was one of the smaller parts, so. <laughs> oh, okay. But still. Yeah, and... Um, oh, wait, I'm, I keep cutting you off, didn't I? I, I was just going to say, because you also mentioned, like, first cover. Um, I should probably say, like, my first anime cover i'd say was um an english cover still doll which i'm actually going to be redoing soon because i never uploaded it to youtube and also it was kind of really really bad quality back then because i was i mean the blue snowball mic is not exactly bad quality it's just like i didn't know what i was doing with mixing and recording as much back then so i feel like i could do a better job on it now but yeah that was my first anime cover really and are you like a gamer do you play like a lot of video games in your spare time just a curious question. um i do when i can um again i think i mentioned earlier my favorite game is kingdom hearts yeah besides kingdom hearts um, yeah i also play zelda uh, i got into zelda when i was a kid on the n64 um, and yeah, I just like, um, just games that are kind of like that, where it's just like a JRPG or something, something that's got a storyline, something I can follow, um, is really appealing to me. But like, I also play casual games like, um, Harvest Moon, Stardew Valley, and a lot of mobile games. I'm currently playing Sword Art Online Integral Factor, so... Okay, and so as far as Kingdom Hearts goes, like, how did you first get introduced to it? Like, what was your first actual exposure to the franchise? This is really gonna be funny, but um, back when, like, video rental stores were a thing, I was walking <laughs> through, like, the game rental section with my dad and he pointed out Donald Duck on the cover of one of the games to me and I took a look at it the game was Kingdom Hearts the very first one and I looked at it and I'm just like oh hey you know what this looks cool maybe I should rent it and then that just got me into the entire series I started with the rented PS2 disc and I remember just one day having dad go out to Walmart and buy the disc and we just swapped the two so I could keep playing while he took the rental back. 
Um, so yeah. I got mm, hooked okay. on the first one and then went from there. <laughs> what is your favorite game and like who is your favorite character and like levels and favorite of everything? Well, I, I, I guess I mentioned already that Kingdom Hearts is my favorite game, but um, for favorite characters from that game, uh, my yeah. favorite characters would be Kairi and Riku. And... Yeah, actually, I can't think of a favorite from another game that would top that, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, favorites of, like, um, like specifically um okay so i already mentioned like favorite character and your favorite um like stages that you like to play from kingdom hearts like the series and your favorite game from it from them it just in general okay yeah um i think the first one and kingdom hearts 2 probably um because i have I, the worlds are more appealing in the first one to me, but Kingdom Hearts 2 was really appealing storyline-wise, so, um, I actually liked the final stage where you get to go back to Destiny Islands in the first one, because there's this glitch where if you jump on the edge of the seaside shack, you can actually kind of, like, walk around the sky and stuff and get a good view of the <laughs> islands, which is really cool. Um... But yeah, Kingdom Hearts 2 was a lot easier, and I think I liked that, because... Not that I don't like a challenge, but when you're playing for the storyline, it can get frustrating if you get stuck. Mm. So, yeah, I think that's why I like KH2 a little bit more, game-wise. Yeah, um... And, like, um, do you still keep up with the series today, now that there's gonna be, like... The long-awaited upcoming Kingdom Hearts 3 by oh Square God. Enix. Yeah. I do. I am, like, I have not bought any other games this year because I'm saving for that moment. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. I mean, honestly, um, considering that I'm somebody who would like to get more into the series, I'm kind of starting to, like, learn a little bit more about the games. I mean, I do have one for the 3DS, and I played a bit of the first two, so... Kingdom Hearts 3 can be like, um, I guess my perfect, um, segue introduction into exploring the worlds of Disney and Final Fantasy characters. Yeah, yeah, it, it's hard to understand if you don't have, like, the complete story. Oh, yeah, yeah, like, <laughs> there's, like, a whole timeline, uh, that, like, I think I've seen online, and if you, like, there, I've seen, I've watched many YouTube videos where, um, like, this is the whole story of Kingdom Hearts, and I'm like, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, so, is this, like, canon with the other game, or does it take place, like, after? Like, what is yeah. this story again? <laughs> I'm lucky enough that I got into the series when I was young enough that I had, like, a ton of free time just to, like, go through everything and figure out everything I could possibly do. Uh, Yeah. So, like, um, your favorite songs, like, music, since you're, like, a singer and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, again, my favorites actually change depending on, like, what I'm listening to. Yeah. 
and like usually I'll say my favorite song is like whatever I happen to be listening to in the moment that I'm feeling like I need to listen to the song um like right now kind of thing so like yeah. right now I think that for me is either Dream Fighter by Perfume or let's see what else have I been listening to recently uh, Eternal Snow from Full Moon. So yeah, those two are kind of my favorites right now. But it'll shift in like probably a couple of weeks. <laughs> mm-hmm. So. Yeah, not not bad choices, um, to say the least. Um, but yeah, seriously. I just kind of wish that I would get I would be more exposed to it. I wish I would become an even bigger fan if I actually played the games when I was younger. But right now, it's just like, uh, so much. Oh, yeah, it's uh, like with, with the favorite songs. Did you mean like from Kingdom Hearts or? Yeah. Because I was saying favorite songs in general. Um, from Kingdom Hearts, that's hard to choose. Um, I kind of like all the songs, all the music in Kingdom Hearts. I actually did a Kingdom Hearts album last year. Okay. that I released that's just a bunch of cover stuff where I write lyrics to songs and I actually have a few originals that I wrote inspired by the series on there as well so yeah sorry I didn't understand the question there oh no that's okay but yeah I just wish I could understand it more but anyways mm. Yeah, now I can finally start getting myself more into the craze of Kingdom Hearts, but <laughs> um, would you go out of your way to participate in any gaming? Like, are you like um, somebody who's competitive, like going online and maybe want to go on tournaments and stuff? Um, not really. I honestly don't have the time to really do a lot of tournaments and stuff online anyway. Um, I'm kind of more of a casual gamer, somebody who may live stream every now and then um if i do play online it's usually a casual thing where it's just like i can't commit to this so i'll be online sometimes but like i have the rest of my life happening at the same time so yeah okay and this one's kind of going to go into a little bit um deeper territory but like what how do you usually handle like um the negativity like the toxicity like um, that is present around online, like um, not just a voice over voice acting in the community. I mean, it's one of the most positive that you can ever think of. So, how do you handle with people like trolls, like saying, "Oh, well, I think that it's it doesn't sound good," or like just a simple "you suck" comment, or yeah, stuff like that, and people just being honestly, I well, think it's meanies. a point of just laughing it off, um, ignoring it. At the end of the day, if that person tried to do better, they probably would wind up failing, just because that's how it works. Um, and yeah, it's just like understanding, yeah, there's going to be toxic people out there, and there's nothing you can really do about it, but they have their opinion, their opinion's not necessarily right, and at the end of the day, that's one person voicing their opinion in a community of thousands of people. So, 
honestly, it's just like learning to realize it doesn't really mean anything at the end of the day. So. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I can hear you on that one, especially because um, there have been instances where people did get, well, I guess, quote unquote, um, exposed with their toxic behavior. And I'm not going to name any names, but yeah, there's been instances where I've hear I've heard horror stories from my from good friends of mine who have told stories about like some jerks that they've encountered on the Internet. And let me tell you, those stories are they're interesting and they're also definitely not really fun to hear and at the same time i do want to say that there's a difference between just like a toxic person and somebody who's legit trying to give constructive criticism and a lot of people specifically when they're first starting out may not realize that there's really a difference so you could get constructive criticism and the person who's getting that may be thinking oh oh they hate me i'm doing something wrong (laughs) because it's kind of common to get it to twist it into a different type of sin so it's i guess learning to deal with that too and say hey maybe they're just genuinely trying to help so maybe i should look into what they're saying take it with a grain of salt maybe because not everybody's a professional at things but at the same time know that they're trying to help you improve to to give you something that you can work off of versus just saying oh well you suck uh, whatever (laughs) all right so Um, yeah okay you're done yeah so i think you were pretty much done that time right yeah yeah (laughs) okay when you usually record, do you prefer to, like, maybe stand up, sit down, and whichever feels more comfortable to you, to, like, whatever feels more comfortable, mm-hmm. like, um, if you're singing or doing some voiceover work? Most of the time, I will stand up for recording, whether it's singing or voiceover work. Um, it allows me to move my body more. Um, I've had breath control issues in the past, so it also allows me to have better breathing technique as well. Um, there have been situations where I have been sitting to record certain songs and usually that'll be if like I'm just getting over sickness or something or if I don't feel like I can stand for a couple of hours and it's just hard for me. So I'll sit down just to give myself a little bit of a break energy-wise so I can put more of that energy into my work. Um, most of the time it's standing though. Mm-hmm. And... So what are some of your warm-up techniques, like um, singing, like humming stuff? Because there's a lot of warm-up techniques that I hear, and it usually varies from the different, from like various people that I've already talked to, but what are your own personal ones? Like, um, um, what do you do to like get into the performance? I actually need to revise what my warm-up techniques are, because my warm-up techniques are kind of just like, I don't have any right now. I kind of just like do stuff. But yeah, um, one thing I'll end up doing is just like while I'm setting up to record or something, I'll end up doing like some lip trills, which is like very therapeutic for the voice. Um, It helps get things warmed up and sort of like get your breath working. Because what happens when you do a lip trill is like the sound. Uh, What happens is it also sends some of that air back at your vocal cords and causes like the breath to like balance itself. 
So you actually can't make that sound if you're not breathing properly. So I'll just like do a bunch of things, whether it's just like or something like that, just to get like my range warmed up. Or sometimes I'll even just start singing the song on that. Um, it's hilarious if I'm recording it, but <laughs> but yeah, that's mostly my warm up technique now. Again, I need to refine that. I need to get some actual routine in place for what I do before I record, but. Yeah, don't, I was don't also gonna. Don't repeat my add, bad habits. <laughs> and I was also gonna say like um, stuff that you do to like um, get yourself into the mood, like getting yourself into a character and stuff like inflection, intonation, breath control, and enunciation, and a lot of this good old stuff to um, help give you a better give a better performance. For character, it mind. really like it's more of the mindset for me. And like the movement um so i'll just like try to put myself into like that zone for that character in terms of things like energy though if, if i like do a take and it's just like not high enough energy what i'll do is i'll sometimes like do some jumping jacks or something just to get like the adrenaline flowing and then i'll try it again after my breath's kind of calmed down a bit um which sometimes works to help get the energy up there um, so yeah, that's basically it. It's just like putting yourself in the mindset and actually like, I, I like to think of it as synchronizing with the character. A lot of people think of voice acting like, oh, I need to turn into the character before I record. No, it's like you're becoming part of the character. The character is becoming part of you. It's a mutual thing. So if you put yourself in that mindset, like, you have the character there. So, yeah. That's basically yeah, I get, it. Yeah, I get you. So, like, as far as your voice voice range goes, um, like, what are some... Well, I usually also like asking this. So, like, um, as far as your voice range goes, like, um, what are some of your... Um, like the most fun like your favorite ones that you can pull off easy and some of the more difficult challenging uh, ones that uh, and i it, haven't it, done you a lot to get a of voiceover work in a while so this has actually changed since i was a bit younger but i used to like really enjoy doing like the high-pitched voices since i didn't have a lot of lower range that i have now but i've been playing with it a little bit lately and i'm actually finding i kind of like the um more mature like sexier style a voice that's like really fun to sort of slip into um and also i've been experimenting with my little boy voice a bit too even just around friends where it's just like i'll be like doing something and it's just like i'll slip into a character to make a joke or something so those are my top two now it used to be higher voices but i've had more difficulty with those lately because my voice has changed over the years but yeah, that's it. Oh, I was also gonna ask, like, if you could give a demonstration, cause um, I'm kind of curious to hear. Okay, um, I don't know what I really say, but <laughs> okay. Um, let's see. For the sort of sexier voice, it would just be like, I don't know. I I need a line for this. That's what I'm trying to think of right now. 
Um, like, what should I say? <laughs> Do I really have to? I, I'm sorry, but um, like, you mean Jessica Rabbit from Who Framed Roger Rabbit? I don't know. That's just the first one that comes to mind. No, I mean like an actual line to like voice. Not necessarily a character, but like a line. Yeah, I can't really think of any right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm actually wondering how my latest tweet might sound in a voice, to be honest. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that could be much easier. <laughs> okay. Okay, so yeah, I, my last tweet was, I was trying to explain the concept of Twitter to a friend. She finally said, I don't follow you. So in sort of the sexier voice, it would be like, I was trying to explain the concept of Twitter to a friend. She finally said, I don't follow you. So it's just a little bit lower than what my normal voice is, but it's kind of got that edge in it. Yeah, that was pretty good. And then, like, the little boy voice would be like, I was trying to explain the concept of Twitter to a friend. She finally said, I don't follow you. So that's a little bit gravelier. So yeah, that's kind of fun to slip into, because it's a little bit different than how I usually talk, but at the same time, it's just, like, fun to play with the characterization of it. So... Yeah, I kind of do that too. It's like if there's something that I would read online or if there's like a quote, book, a poem that I would like to read, yeah. I like to slip into like some character voices because I found that like the more that you kind of play around with it, the more that you practice reading out loud and the more that you can yeah. like immerse. Yeah, yeah. I think it's more of like, okay, those voices right now are a lot closer to how I naturally speak right now. So it's not like too far away having to like push out a voice or anything. So I get to play with the character a lot more because it's easier for me to do physically. So that might have something to do with it. Uh, yeah. Anyway, as you were uh, saying. <laughs> but yeah, like if I'm reading stuff out loud and... Like, if I'm reading um, monologues, long monologues, and, like, different voices, like, the more that you read out loud, the more that you kind of get more comfortable and more used to your own voice, and the more you can discover and, like, really train your voice oh, into yeah. wanting to, um, like, build some stamina and make sure that it's sustainable, like, doing a certain voice for a certain amount of time so you can train your voice to become stronger so yeah that right reminds now, me I, yeah. back to the whole concept of like getting used to your own voice too i remember yeah. when i first started like it's really hard in the beginning because it doesn't matter what voice you do or how far you push it away from your natural range you're going to hear a little bit of you in there and that can be a little bit weird and I guess disheartening to some people who are thinking, well, I can enter voiceover and do all these crazy voices, but then you always oh hear a little God. bit of yourself in it. Um, so yeah, there's getting used to that too, which I think I've, I've done. It took me like, what, eight years, <laughs> but I've mm. done that, I think, to a degree. Yeah, let's see. 
my range is I'm not sure if I can actually like um, demonstrate like uh, my higher register but um, well I think it kind of sounds a little bit more like this or if I wanted to go really higher which I can't right now because <laughs> I'm kind of getting over like um, an illness like my I've been coughing so I'm just now starting to finally start healing up from the whole process so oh, yeah. I, I can't really go like, like really... <laughs> oh yeah so like if I wanted to do like a really high squeaky voice then I can't do it for a long period of time so lower register voices or if I don't really speak or talk for um like if I'm just usually quiet and I just don't really say a word for a while then my voice can kind of go like more into a lower register like um, if I'm reading a tweet right about now, and yeah, this might sound a little, <laughs> yeah, see, so like, if I wanted to re read a tweet, um, just a random tweet, like, um, okay, so Super Smash Brothers, and everybody's been making the Grinch leaks, and somebody posted a tweet about it, and it's like, I will say this, whoever made that Grinch leak, bravo, you had the Smash community at war with each other for a week, and you had us all fooled. Well played, never believing another leak ever again. Not after this, you can never trust leaks. Ever. <laughs> I mean, I almost, like, sounded like Snake, but that was like a terrible impression. So, yeah. By the way, uh, just a quick little plug-in, like, random out-of-nowhere plug-in, that, like, um, that you can now participate in this Now Voice This Over contest by Chuck Huber. The deadlines are this Sunday at November November the 11th at 11 or 12 a.m. So, make sure to get those entries in. <laughs> Shameless little <laughs> plug-in there. Um, yeah, and besides that, I don't think I can really demonstrate much of what I can do. I mean, elderly gotcha. voices, they're like kind of, yeah, they're a challenge. So my elderly voice would kind of sound really, really straining. Yeah. So I cannot do that for the life of me. Ooh, I guess for anybody days. who wants like a little bit wider range of what I can do, I do have a sort of temporary demo on my website right now. I've okay. I've been meaning to record a new one, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, in my days, we used these demo reels, and they used to make them at least 60 to 90 seconds long. And that's how you get a job. But they don't <laughs> use... But that's how we don't do it in the, these old days, with all of this new modern technology. And, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, I just had to have a little bit of fun there. But, anyways, I think we're almost just about wrapping up, so... Um... Yeah. Let's see, I was going to think of another question, but... Oh, yeah, and... Do you usually go to, like, any conventions, like, cons, or any plans for the future that you want to discuss? Like, any projects that are not under NDAs that you want to... That you're looking forward um, to? Well, right now I'm working on just the finishing touches for the Zelda Universe Ocarina of Time dub. I'm one of the singers Oh, the my gosh, no so. way. <laughs> Yeah. I actually did not know that. It's a I lot actually of wanted stuff, to audition so for it. I don't it. know if you'll be able to pick me out of the crowd, but... Um, yeah. Aside from that, with, like, with conventions and stuff, I don't really know what I'm doing next. Um, 
it kind of just depends on my schedule and like what's happening also I don't travel a lot so and there's not a lot of conventions in my area so um probably anything I do go to will be like next year mm. have you gone to a convention before I have gone to conventions before. Um, local ones, there used to be something called Fan Expo Regina in my area. They are no longer. They're being replaced by Sasuke Expo. Mm-hmm. And I've gone to Animathon in Edmonton, Alberta. And the most recent one, other than like local area stuff that I've actually traveled to go to, was Anime Expo in the summertime. Oh, followed what was by... that? Followed by Gunbate in Saskatoon, which is a couple hours north of me, and Queen City Anifest in my hometown. So, um, as for okay. Anime Expo, that was amazing. Yeah. It was my first time out of Canada. Um, I got to see people I've never met in person before, which was amazing. And honestly, I'm probably crazy for saying this, but I kind of want to go again. I don't know if I'm going to be able to, though. Um, we'll oh my see. gosh, I really hope you do go again. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, when did you actually go to AX? Uh, what was that? Oh, I said, when did you go to Anime Expo? Um, just this year, 2018. Um, I was in the group that won the karaoke contest. Um, so me, Kaylee, Molly, we were Trialume. Which is cool. Wait, which dates did you go? Because I actually went I to AX on that Saturday. I was there for the entire convention. I was there for the entire convention. Yeah, I so. I actually went on that Saturday the 7th because, like, yeah, four-day passes, like, they're pretty pricey. So I only had oh, money yeah. to go with a cousin of mine this year. So we were there. On, we only went on that Saturday. But, oh, man, it was amazing. Anime Expo is amazing. I've wanted to go to Anime Expo since um, 2011. Um, I wanted, I wanted to go to the 2012 since one, but I couldn't do it that year. So yeah. But yeah, that was awesome. So. So yeah. When you mentioned Kaylee, do you mean Kaylee Mills and somebody yes. else? Yes. Yes. Um, Kaylee Mills and um, her friend Molly. Or Marisuga. Yeah, because there's a lot of really cool people that I've met at AX. Like, I met the... If you watch this abridged group called Team Four Star, I met the guys there. And let's see, who else? And I know Little Karibo and a couple of other um, names. Oh, and Megami33. She was really nice. And, oh, yeah. I hung out with her at the yeah. Funimation after party, actually. At Anime Expo, that was cool. We've actually done yeah. a couple of covers together um, online, so. Yeah, and anybody else? No, I mean, like, I was waiting in line for, like, um, there's an anime that Kaylee Mills was in called ReZero, and I was waiting in line at the signing, but we kind of had to leave because um, it was, we were kind of getting tired, and it, like, the big crowds was overwhelming for myself and my cousin so we just kind of had to leave earlier than expected so that's understandable i didn't get to meet them yeah i'm an introvert myself so like big crowds can be a thing for me too sometimes it can be scary i I don't think i would have actually i think i'd totally freaked out in la if i hadn't like come down with a friend 
and been around people like I've talked to online all this time yeah have known for so long it would have just been like help (laughs) I don't know anybody and I don't know what to do help someone please help me someone help yeah and like anime expo is so big it's just like being in crowds it's like the largest anime convention in america just so what do you expect (laughs) i'm from like a very small place myself too like my city it doesn't take more than maybe 20 minutes to drive from one end of the city to the other so it's kind of like being from a small town so la was kind of like a wake-up call (laughs) Mm. oof (laughs) yeah like trust me if you've lived in the big city and you've been around that area for more than um say 20 15 ish years then yeah you can kind of start getting adapted to that lifestyle yeah it wasn't bad after a couple of days like just getting used to things but yeah. yeah. Okay, and okay. So this is kind of like a silly little question, but like, um, what trend are you personally tired of hearing about that you just want to go away? Um, what, what, what was that again? What, um, oh, what trend are you tired of hearing oh, about that you just want to? Yeah, trends or memes oh. or yeah. To be honest, I don't really keep up with a lot of trends, so, (laughs) um, but I guess, like, on Twitter, I I don't even know what the new trends are on Twitter right now. I haven't logged in in a while, (laughs) or I guess I have logged in in a while, but I haven't paid attention to, like, things on my feed. Um, so, yeah, I don't really know. (laughs) Alright. To be honest. Okay. And just kind of curious like did you have any like prior acting experience before you started doing all of this stuff or like what did you do actually no i didn't have any prior acting experience at all i kind of just jumped into it and i'm like hey this sounds like something i could possibly do let's give it a try and then i kind of learned from experiencing it if that makes any sense yeah Um, i've since taken a couple of college acting classes yeah so that's a great start though by the way um because yeah i actually as far as like being up on stage goes i mean i was in some singing choirs and i did some public speeches and a spelling bee but i think that's just about it i never actually performed on stage (laughs) i don't think i really had i really developed any stage fright but i was always just nervous (laughs) before i actually went up there so i just kind of gave it my all pretty much yeah i think singing and being in like choir in my high school and stuff really helped too because like it gave me like a solid understanding of technique how to use my voice i was very comfortable with not losing my voice using my voice um coming into voice acting so i think that made it a little bit easier for me but like it works both ways like singing can give you like the techniques you need for something like voice acting but at the same time acting and actually learning how to be an actor has helped me in singing as well with my performance and just like emoting and bringing like the character and energy to the song and like associating the meaning of the song with that energy and everything so yeah definitely because 
voice acting is well it's an entirely different um aspect like voice acting is pretty much most catered towards the acting and not just about like hey maybe i can do as many voices as i can and i can become popular on the internet exactly which was <laughs> exactly yeah, which was i'd be ashamed to admit that was kind of like my mindset yeah. as a kid but i know better to be honest, this somewhat the same. It was just like, hey, I can do voices. I don't have to, like, be little old me. <laughs> yeah, because, like... But, like, at the same time. At the same time. But even with that, yeah. though, it's like, um, yeah, you just want to be crazy and too, so not you. And you just want to become, like, be a character and not just... You don't want to be, like, your boring old self. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of part of the fun about voice acting. You get to play characters that are not like you. But at the same time, like, finding parts of your boring old self that never get to come out and play as part of the character process. And, like, building that and, like, saying, hey, how would I act if I was in this situation? And if, like, I sort of put myself in that mindset where I'd do this. Yeah, definitely. So. Yeah, and that's also another um, part that I was going to get to. I think you pretty much said it better than I could. They, they definitely go hand in hand. Yeah. And I feel like my acting's probably improved, even though I haven't done it in a few years, other than a few projects here and there, just from working on song covers and singing, and especially with the anime stuff, because I find the meaning of the song tends to align sometimes with the anime. So you start to get into the characters from the anime, too, as you're singing the song, which really helps. But yeah... So, yeah, as far as, like, um, how does this go, like, do you, like, what are your opinions? Like, um, do you, like, anybody starting off with voice acting, like, do you, should they start off with doing, like, some fan projects where they can do impressions, or should they focus on finding their own unique voice? I recommend kind of both. Um, like, fan projects is a good way to start. Um, Because you can get a feel for what your voice can do. And actually, I know some people who have gone from fan projects and been like, Hey, I have a great voice for this character that I can sort of tweak and rearrange to do this original character. And also there's a saying, too, that a bad impression can sometimes make a good original character. So, Um, Which I think is the point behind Now Voice This whether saying your best or worst impressions, I think they're trying to get you into saying, hey, you're trying to do this, but this could be a good character on its own. Kind of like the story of pretty much how the, all of the Simpsons actors pretty much got their names out there. Like, that's kind of like how the most famous characters ended up becoming household names like Homer Simpson and like with um, Hank yeah. Azaria and Dan Castillo and Nana, Harry Shearer and all of those guys. <laughs> That pretty much how they became characters, so um it's interesting. Back to like starting yeah. off, I feel like the fan projects can give you like an idea of what you can do with your voice. And then you can build that and it's kinda like a toolbox. You start to get a feel for what you can do and then you can start putting the pieces together into new stuff. So it's like walking before you run. Oh yeah, definitely. Mmm. And I just also want to mention that acting classes can also definitely help and improv some theater stuff because of right now I'm getting ready to take a workshop with um, Mr. Crispin Freeman just wanted to give a little plug in right there. <laughs> this Saturday, I finally got my, yeah. have my chance. But 
Not to brag about it, of course. <laughs> nice. Yeah, totally not brag. But yeah, just keep in mind too, like anybody out there who's like starting and new to this, um, it doesn't necessarily have to be voice acting classes that you take. Yeah. I've actually found a lot of useful things just from taking theater classes at my college, just about the acting process, and you can apply this to voice acting. I remember having this one wake-up call one day where I was recording for my friend's project, and I'd been taking an acting class that semester, and I just started applying some of what I was learning to it, and I listened back to the lines, and I'm like, oh my god, this is, like, really good. What happened? Hmm. <laughs> and, yeah, I, I've realized, oh, hey, this is actually helping. <laughs> even though I'm not doing stage acting, even though it's different, even though there's a different energy to it. So, mm -hmm. yeah. And one final question, and then we should be wrapping this up very, very soon. So any mm -hmm. advice you want to give to, I guess, aspiring VAs, voice actors out there, or just um, singers or anybody who wants to get into the industry, like get into any creative fields, like, anim like being an artist or right being a musician and yeah just etc like people who like maybe want to follow your footsteps on how they can get their names out there and they're in their own right um i'd say find something that inspires you and that pushes you to grow and improve as a creative person and don't give up even if it looks like everything's not working out if you love it that much you will find a way and opportunity will find you if you keep looking for it yeah because i also do so. wanted to mention bring up the fact that rejection and failure is kind of pretty much common yeah thing. exactly so what do you want to say about that Th that's kind of like my life um just like when you're approaching projects just think about it like if this one doesn't work out, there'll always be another one. And at the end of the day, it's a thing in voice act acting where it's just like, if they didn't cast you, it doesn't mean that you were bad. It just means that you weren't what they were looking for for that particular role. And everybody's got an idea of what they want in their head when it comes to this. It's very subjective. And just because you didn't match that doesn't mean you're a bad actor or singer or whatever. It just means that maybe it wasn't the right time for you to be involved in that project maybe something will come down the line that will be a better fit and you'll find your opportunity at some point if you don't give up mm. can definitely vouch for that because if i'm gonna be honest hmm. so what's the best way to um say this um I mean, when you first start off online and and there's still going to be plenty more of this, um, you start art out with doing some amateur projects, fan work, and you realize that, yeah, these projects look amazing. And then, yeah, then you start realizing that um, you haven't, it's, there's a whole process of just getting rejection emails and coming across failure. Like maybe you can start your own project and it doesn't never really gets off the ground and it's just like it's something that i know is inevitable it's inevitability it's really really inevitable to come across rejection and failure because 
it does happen to me it still does and I mean I know it happens to Tara and I know it happens to a lot of yeah. I mean even in the professional business like I've heard that out of every 20 or 30 roles that like you audition for there's a good chance that you might book at least uh maybe one or two and even that then like the percentage of bookings is like exactly really really unlikely like i hear that most of the like famous well-known actors like for every roast that they audition for everything that they audition for they book at least like 10 15 percent and or maybe even five percent because i hear that it gets a lot tougher in yeah, the professional exactly. business so that's pretty much where i I mean, as it stands right now, I am a voice actor. I'm just learning um, to grow and hopefully and to get um, at least something like a big break um, of standout um, series that I work on. Um, and as of right now, doing this as a hobby has been a really has been a lot of fun. But I know I can go even further the more that I stay dedicated and I'm more the more that I'm passionate about it. And yeah. And the way I see it, too, is if you hit a point where you just don't stop failing and you just keep failing in different ways, that means that you're pushing yourself to be better because that failure means that you're pushing yourself to somewhere where you're not, you're out of your comfort zone and you're trying to be better, you're trying to improve. And that's a good thing at the end of the day because those new failures will lead to be you being a stronger creative person a stronger actor a stronger singer so mm-hmm. and that's the way i like to think about it and yeah i mean and the most important lesson here is you succeed like you do you like um you can succeed in your own right just don't try to don't copy white like exactly, yeah, exactly precisely how this other person succeeded um you can succeed in your own way like you can do a podcast you can cook you can draw or you can like work in a community you can um um get into social hangouts and you could um run a book club even i mean those are just examples i can think of like in order to do to pass the time because you never know when you may attend a ceremony and then you might get an offer from somebody who works at this studio and you just never know yeah. what opportunities like there might be the occasional um odd curveballs where sometimes you might get opportunities where you can least expect them so it's just really unpredictable and how people can succeed because um some stories that i've even heard of there's people who like the story of lisa ortiz um for new york i heard that like um she got into voice acting because um i think her brother stole her car or something <laughs> And like she got, she was in the studio, and they were like, um, "Hey, would you like to audition for?" I don't remember how the story goes, but like, um, yeah, that's kind of it's pretty crazy when you hear some of the stories. Some of them can be funny, some can be awesome, and some in between. So it's just all part of the process of learning, and that's how you can you keep putting yourself out there and keep um doing what you really love to do and. That's really about the best advice I can think of at this point. <laughs> yeah, and this actually kind of reminds me of something that somebody said at a college um, panel yeah. I went to. 
um, basically that what works for someone else is not necessarily going to oh, work yeah. for you. So it's pretty much like doing you and figuring out what works and what doesn't in your own life, in your own creativity, in your own business even, if that's what you want to treat it as. Um, but yeah. Following in somebody else's footsteps is not always going to guarantee you the same success that mm, they may have had. Yeah. So. so yeah. I think that's almost just about it because yeah, I would really like to look into acting courses, acting classes, and improv and all of that good stuff because I'm slowly um, um, wanting to apply to check out a couple of schools um, where I'm at, like here in California. So that can be um, a really good next step for me cool. in order cool. for me to grow as a performer and with let my creativity still run wild, run free, I guess. Um yeah, so acting, stage, theater, training, environment. Yeah, there's yeah. just a lot Which of reminds options me of just one more thing. Oh, one yeah? One more thing. If you're going to pursue a creative passion, don't forget why you started. Because that's yeah. going to be your greatest driving motivator. Oh, yeah, definitely. Okay, so, yeah. um, what? Oh, I'm sorry? I, I said just so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, I say that a lot. Yeah, me too. I've been noticing yeah. that throughout this whole entire interview. Mm. So, um, this concludes our interview. Just one last thing. If you want to plug in like your social media thingamajigs, that would be nice okay. for people who want to follow you for your work. Um, so pretty much on every platform except Instagram, I'm at Tara St. Michael. That's T-A-R-A-S-T-M-I-C-H-E-L. There is no A in it. And uh, for Instagram, you just add the word music to the end. So... So Tara St. Michael music. Ah, okay. And, and yeah. So I guess that just about wraps it up. But yeah, would you like to give some final words or just at least something that you can say to all of the people out there before we um, skedaddle for the day? Um, I don't know if there's anything that I haven't already said, to be honest. Well, I mean, like, you can just say, like, give your final, like, little goodbye or whatever. Just as simple as that. Okay. Yeah, so, yeah, I guess that's it. Um, it was super fun being here and doing this interview today. And, yeah. Okay. To all the listeners out there, see ya. Yeah, and just to plug in my social media, I guess I'll just... Say you can follow me, the most active place that I'm on is my Twitter, and yeah, if you want to learn, if you want to know for any future updates on like, when are the podcasts, when are the episodes going to go up, and all of this good stuff, if there's like voiceover announcements that I wanted to give out, like projects that I'm in, or what I'm doing, so I'm mostly, am I dis I'm active on Discord as well, but I don't really give it out too much, so it'll, I'll provide it in the description um, by the time this goes up onto YouTube, but... Yeah, I do um, have a Discord server myself. If you want to add that, I can send you the okay. link. But, All right, yeah. sure. So I guess that will probably I be in the description, too. <laughs> yeah, and with that said, thank you very much, Tara, for joining me for a little over an hour long of rambling about stuff. So I guess <laughs> we'll Well, actually... thanks for having me. 
yeah, so with that said, ending off on this note, I will see you guys later. Um, all of my social media stuff will be listed down below. Make sure to leave a comment, subscribe, and stuff. If you want to see more, there will be more episodes coming soon. And I pretty much have nothing else to say. So later. Bye.